Hi there, this is your friend Josh, welcoming you to this podcast episode. Today's discussion is about how to transform your world from a biblical Christian perspective. I hope you'll be inspired and empowered to make a difference in your circles and generation. God bless you. Our text today, my friends, is Acts chapter number 17 and verse number 6. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Mark those words. These who have turned the world upside down have come here as well. How does the gospel turn the world upside down? God has not put you in the kingdom in order to maintain the status quo. In fact, let me point this out. Did you know that since the fall, the world is not the right side up? The world is not the right side up because of this distorted morality. Our value systems have been distorted by sin. So the whole world, as we stand, as we speak right now, a lot of things we think are correct. A lot of things we accept as normative, they are not correct because the world is already upside down. But when you try to correct it, to bring it the right side up, those that are that are accustomed to, to the wrong way of living, they will scream and shout because they feel like you're disturbing their norm. They are used to the world as it is, to the sin, to the corruption. Their societies even right now, their countries where corruption is so rampant, is so rife. If you try to correct it, you're the one who, who is in trouble because it has become normative to be corrupt. If you try to do the, the right thing, you are the odd man out. You're the odd woman out. And so we must understand we are living in a world which is corrupt, which is decadent, which is the wrong way up. When you try to rectify it, you will meet resistance. Don't be surprised. So my friends, God has given us as his children, his witnesses, a mandate to turn our own world upside down, which is actually turning it the right side up. We are helping, not hindering. We're improving things, not making them worse. When we present the pure gospel, the unadulterated gospel into people's lives, we are actually righting wrongs. We're actually correcting the distortions that have reigned upon this earth for millennia. And every Christian in every generation has a responsibility to turn their world upside down, borrowing the term of this is an unholy alliance. Okay, quickly, five tips on how you and I can change our world. Number one, be born again. How to change your world, be born again. You will recall, my friends, that Paul's conversion was well documented. Previously, he had been a religious, a brilliant scholar, but he had not been born again. And he was not able to make a difference. He was not able to change the world. In fact, he tried to use force to get people to follow his way of thinking, his own religion, and it did not work. But he had a life-transforming encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. And I want to say to you, my friends, you and I can never make a difference. We cannot turn our world upside down if we ourselves are not born again. If we're just churchgoers, if you're just a, a church attender, 
The reason why some people cannot impact anybody for God's glory is because they themselves are not born again. They know Bible verses. They know church ways, but they're not born again. Can I ask you, my dear friend, are you born again? I've discovered over the years that some of the problems we have in the church are that we have some people who are familiar with church culture, but they're not familiar with Jesus. They are in the church, but they are not saved. They look like Christians. They dress like Christians, but they're not born again. And they cause a lot of havoc in the church. Don't be one of them. Be born again. Make sure you've surrendered your life to Jesus. I had to do it. My dad was a pastor. I was brought up in the church. And for many years, I assumed that because I, I was brought up in a good Christian family, so I was automatically also a Christian. I was shocked in my late teens to discover that no, it is not automatic. I have to personally surrender. Even if I like church, even if I love the Bible, but loving the Bible and surrendering my life to God are two different things. Are you born again? Give your life to Jesus. If you want to change the world, the starting point is to surrender your own life to Jesus. So that is the starting point. And that's how Paul was able to make a difference. First of all, he got saved himself. Secondly, write this second one. Be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. If you want to change the world, if you want to change your family, if you want to make an impact in your extended family, in your community, in your workplace, wherever God has placed you, if you want to make a lasting impact, be filled with the Spirit and also be led. Some Christians are filled with the Spirit and they receive one or two gifts of the Spirit and they settle on that. But it's one thing to be filled one-off but it's another to continually be filled. What is to be filled? It is to be controlled, to be given power, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. My friends, I beg you, don't be a Christian who just follows their flesh, who just follows public opinion. If you want to make a difference, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow God, the Holy Spirit, to fill your heart every day. Don't go into a day without your heart being and your life being filled. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill my cup. I lift it up to you. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled. Be empowered. Say, Lord, let your power enable me to live right. I've lost count how many times I used to pray that prayer when I was in secular em employment. Before I'd go out to work, I'd say, Lord, please, Lead me as I go out. Use me to touch somebody's life. Use me, Lord. May your power speak through me in the ordinariness of my day-to-day -day living, in the exchanges, in the encounters I'm having with my colleagues and my students and, and, and everyone that I meet. Lord, I pray that my life may make a difference. Only the Holy Spirit can help you to make a difference. Be filled with the Spirit. I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about being empowered by the Spirit every day. Empowered and controlled. Some people, they just settle on speaking in tongues and prophesying. I am talking about being someone who is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you're making a difference. Sometimes a difference comes in expressing compassion. 
Amen. Sometimes a word of wisdom comes because the Holy Spirit is guiding you and leading you. You say a word that encourages someone. Amen. It doesn't have to be spectacular. When the Holy Spirit is working in and through you, it's not always dramatic. In the ordinariness of your life, God will work. God will touch lives. I've seen that happen too many times. In the ordinary conversations, encounters, interactions with colleagues, I've seen quite a number touched by the power of God, saved, healed, delivered. Amen. May that be your portion as well. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you for God's glory in your context. If you're at university, let the Holy Spirit use you. It's not about speaking with a megaphone. It's not about standing on the parapet. No, it's not even being on the pulpit. No, it's just about being available for God to use you in the ordinariness of your life at university, at school, at work, at home, in various meetings, wherever you are. Be a vessel that the Holy Spirit can use. Let him lead you. You will notice in Paul's ministry that sometimes he would plan to go somewhere else with the gospel. But um, the Spirit would say, no, come over to Macedonia. Hallelujah. You know, his ministry was led. Some of you are filled with the Spirit, but you're not led. You're not intentionally allowing the Holy Spirit to direct your steps. I know that's a blessing. I know someone is blessed by that word. So first of all, be born again. In order to change your world, secondly, be filled and led by the Spirit. Thirdly, be clear about your message. Don't be hazy. Don't be vague. Know what you believe. What is the gospel? Sometimes we don't make a difference because we ourselves as Christians, although we are saved, but we are all mixed up as far as what is our core message? What is Christianity all about? I've seen people who dwell on dressing and they're busy judging people who dress in a certain way. So the focus is diverted from the core business of the gospel. Listen to me. I don't care how you dress. I care about how your heart is. I care about whether or not when you die, you go to heaven. I care about your eternal life. I don't care about your hairstyle. I've seen people that are so obsessed with people's looks, people's hairstyles. They discuss how people look, how they are dressed. If they're women, whether their skirts are, are long enough. If they're men, whether they're wearing the right kind of gear and so on and hairstyles. Come on, church. Come on, Christian. People can be dressed smartly and be going to, to hell. Women can have the right kind of lengths of dress. Hello, the right length of skirt and still go to perish. My dear friends, the gospel is about Jesus. Paul was very clear. He did not talk in his message about what not to eat, what not to drink. He was not dwelling on all those matters. And sometimes contemporary Christians are diverted from the core message. And we start talking about a lot of things that are peripheral to the gospel, that are not central 
Can I tell you in one word? The gospel is about who? Jesus. Give people Jesus, my friend. Don't give people do's and don'ts. Give them Jesus. When someone has a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, they will change a lot of these things. The things we are concerned about that can only be changed by a real encounter with Jesus. Can I remind you, my friends, be clear about what you believe. The gospel is about this man called Jesus of Nazareth, a man sent by God to die for the sins of the whole world. He died and he rose again and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he's the answer for the whole world today. He's the savior of the whole world. It's all about Jesus. I invite every Christian to once again restore Jesus to the central place in your life. People don't need all these other things. In the Gospels, the Bible records that there are some Jews, some Greeks rather, who came to the disciples. And they said, we want to see Jesus. And I believe today, there are thousands and millions of people who are looking for witnesses in their homes, in their families, in their churches even, in all kinds of places who can just show them Jesus. Don't give people your denomination. Don't give people your do's and don'ts, your doctrines. Don't give people even your pastor. Give them Jesus. Oh, I want to be that pastor that points people like John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. A true gospel always points people to Jesus. I rest my case. Fourthly, be strategic. If you have a message and no strategy, you will not achieve anything. Paul was born again, filled with the Spirit, led of the Spirit, very clear about his message. But he was strategic as well. What is a strategy? A strategy is the method of getting to your goal. You see, if you have a vision, but no strategy, you will not achieve it. If you have a goal, but no strategy, you cannot get there. Strategy is the way to get there. Some people put it this way. You need a vision. A vision is the there, where you want to go. But you need steps that take you where you want to go. Paul was very strategic. When he gets to a town, when you read the text we've read, when, whenever you went to any town, he would visit the synagogues. He would look for a platform. He would look for a place where people who are seeking the light of God, people who are ripe and ready for the gospel, where they were. He looked for places, platforms, where people used to patronize. And so must you and I, my friends. If you want to change your world, you must identify in, in, in our generation now, relevant platforms. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Where, what are the platforms available where God has put you? Where you can speak? Some of them are virtual platforms. Some of you are part of family uh, chat groups. What is your contribution on your family chat? Are you, are you the one who's known for always bringing jokes? Are you the one who's known for always bringing controversy? 
Maybe that's a platform that God has given you to shine the light of God. What is your contribution in these platforms? My assignment to you is find platforms that are available where you can shine the light, where you can add value, where you can make a difference. And that's how you begin to change the world. Hallelujah. You change the world one person at a time. Hallelujah. You can change the world. If you're clear about your message, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, we need to be clear about our message. If you're clear about your message, you can change the world. The last one is be persuasive. Be persuasive. Don't be coercive. The Bible records that Paul reasoned with the people from the scriptures. He explained the scriptures. He proved that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. We must also be ready always to give a reason for the hope that, we, that is within us. The Bible says that in 1 Peter 3.15. Remember that previously Saul had sought to coerce people to comply. But now he persuaded people. Influence is your tool. If you want to make a difference for the Lord, learn to influence people for the glory of God. Learn to share, to share the love of God. Share good value. Share insights that even today, there are nuggets you're learning from this message. Share them with someone. Learn to be persuasive. Develop your ability to reason. Listen, my friends. The gospel is an intelligent. Christianity is an intelligent faith. It's not a leap in the dark. Witnessing is all about influence and persuasion rather than about judgment, condemnation, and coercion. Be able to explain what you believe with all grace and dignity. Don't be judging people. Do your best to engage people. Discuss, reason. That's what the Bible says. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Be ready always to give a reason for the hope that is within. Some people think Christianity is a leap in the dark. No, it makes perfect sense. Believing in God is not being naive. In fact, the Bible says, it is the fool who says there is no God. The Christian faith is very, very reasonable. It is sensible. It is logical. Some people think, you know, to be saved, you just believe stuff that doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense. But let me ask you this as I close. Do you understand your faith sufficiently to be able to explain to someone else also? who is genuinely wanting to understand and to, and to follow Jesus. If not, it's time you, you learned. You're the only apostle. You're the only pastor, preacher, witness in your circles. There are people in your circles who are relying on your knowledge, who are relying on your competence to enter the kingdom of God. If you remain ignorant, there are many people around you who will perish. It doesn't matter how much your pastor knows, but your pastor is not in your circles. You are the pastor 
of your circles. I beg you by the mercies of God. Be filled with the Spirit. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. Grow as a Christian, as a child of God. Be knowledgeable about what you believe. And go out there and make a difference in your world.